right, we're, we're ready. Okay, I want to go to, uh, let's see. Okay, let's go to, I'm going to go to Matthew first. We're, we're going to look at Abraham this morning. And of course, Abraham's totally historic. There's so much about him. But here's, what, here's the reason we know something about it is because what you see happen to him, you need to recognize, is yours too. Not someday when you get to heaven. Well, this little part here is going to be someday when you get to heaven. But watch what he says. Do you know, it's so funny. We worry about when you get to heaven, will I know one another? Well, this scripture here is going to say you got to because you're going to sit down to eat with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So you go, you're not going to turn into a, a white sheet, a ghost or something, you know, with a harp. You know, and the other thing is, guess what? We think, well, we get to heaven, all that nasty food's going to be gone. We're not going to be eating no more. No, we're not even going to have a body. Yeah, you are. You're going to have a heavenly body. And then one day you're going to have a resurrected body. And they're always eating. Jesus even said this before he we went to the cross when he had the Lord's Supper. He said, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine again. You mean you had a drink? Well, it was in his hand, yeah. And he said, I'm not going to drink of the fruit of the vine again until I eat it anew with you in the kingdom. Well, that was just three days later. The kingdom came rushing in. Remember, he said, there's some of you standing in this room that are not going to pass away until you see the kingdom of God. Well, it came, see, it came. But anyway, oh, so right here, look at this, dinner time. Wow. Moses had dinner time. Like I told you, remember when the, when the mountain was on fire? Wonderful story when you read it. Just read Exodus over one more time sometime soon. In the Living Bible or one that you don't get hung up on the these and the thousand, it slows you down. Just keep reading because it's the details. It's history. You want to catch that. It's like watching a documentary. Okay. All right, here we go. Here's, there it is. Went right to it. This is uh, Matthew chapter 8, and we'll pick up with, this is the centurion that said, Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Now, why would the guy even bother doing that? He heard that Jesus would help anybody. And that's the reason he said, I know you'll do this, and I know you'll do it for me. Even though, notice, this was a good thing he said. He said, I'm not worthy. But he still said, I know you'll help me. So don't let your, I'm not worthy, so I guess I'm not going to get anything. Oh, no, 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 no. Praise the Lord. He created heaven and earth, created you. Why would he stop now and go, well, I gave you a body. I guess we'll leave you alone. No. Uh -uh. He loved you enough to create you. He'll help you. I love it. Well, Willowbrook Baptist Church, and it's their default thing they stick on their little outlet. It's really good because it's the scripture. On the back of on the Willowbrook, on Bailey Cove down there, they'll have 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. And I'm like, yeah. And it's, it helps me when I drive by there. I'm going to praise the Lord. Okay. So, I tell you this, many Gentiles, Matthew chapter 8, what is this, verse 11. Oh, and notice how he says, I tell you this. So that means he's like, he's, he's saying this is real important here. Many, notice this. Now wait a minute. Doggone it. I can't claim that the, this is for the Jews only. That's right, because this was a Gentile. In other words, he was not a Jew. Like this Roman officer shall come from all over the world. There you go. That's you and I. We're, going, we're all going to be there. And sit down. Notice what Phil said this morning. He sat down next to the lieutenant governor of Alabama. He was that close. And I know, I know it, it, it kind of like, you'd start, I know, Phil, I know exactly what Phil was thinking because it happens to me too. I'm like, how is little old me so close to somebody who's so famous? You know, I played bass guitar one night at a church for a famous, well, it was Phil Driscoll, trumpet player, nationally known. And he treated me like royalty. Me and another guy that was a drummer, and it was fantastic. He just said, Richard, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And I'm like, what are we going to play? He goes, he says, I don't know, just follow me. And I'm like, I'm glad I could follow him. But it was just so wonderful. And of course, greater than anybody is God Almighty, who's greater as he is in you than he is in the world. He's with you all the time. So anyway, all over heaven, they're going to come. 
And they're in the kingdom of heaven, and they're going to sit down with Abraham. <laughs> you know, believe in him. Well, Jesus obviously does, and then he names his descendants. Isaac and Jacob. Well, that got all of the stories that are listed right there. Okay, enough right there. Uh, let me go to Matthew chapter 8. It was easy this morning looking at this. I thought it was like an old telephone number, 888. Okay, actually 88. I need a four here in a minute. Okay. Oh, let me do it this way. John chapter 8. We mentioned this last week, but anyway, you're not even 50 years old and you know Abraham. Yeah, that's right. Knows what it says. Get in here to it. Uh, look at that. Verse 57. John 8, 57. The Jewish leader said, you aren't even 50 years old. Sure, you've seen Abraham. I created him. Whatever. The absolute truth is I was in existence, you know, before Abraham was born. But you know, look at the relationship. He said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Well, he had a text message or something say, hey, I'm happy for you, Lord. No, he knew him. He knew him. And you can actually see that over in the, uh, uh, in the book of Matthew. Now, let's go to Romans here. Just pulling some things out that I know here just to set some things up for us. Romans chapter 4 uh, is all about Abraham. Notice what I'm going to get part of this for us. Abraham was humanly speaking, Romans chapter 4 verse 1, the founder of our Jewish nation. What were his experiences concerning the question of being saved by faith? Was it because of his good deeds that God accepted him? Well, if so, he'd have something to boast about. In other words, Abraham, by golly, we better do what he did, you know. Well, wait a minute. If so, he had something to boast about. But God's point, from God's point of view, Abraham had no basis at all for pride. For the scriptures tell us that Abraham believed God, and that's why God cancels his sin and declared him not guilty. Now, remember the King James says he declared him righteous. Abraham believed God, therefore God declared him righteous. Whatever. <clears throat> okay, but notice what it is. It's canceled his sin, you know, declared him not guilty. Now watch, oh, it gets even deeper here. It's like, uh, I can't, this is the reason the Jews were very upset with Jesus. Because Jesus was hanging out with the riffraff. Jesus even told him, he told the crowd of Pharisees, he said, you guys, this is Pharisees, the ones that are supposed to know, Sadducees, they were the, rigid, they were the church folks. And Jesus said, the prostitutes and the tax collectors, they're going to get in the kingdom of God before you do. What? Anyway, he didn't earn his right to heaven by all the good things he did. Now, you have to watch out for that in your own personal life. You know, what, what can I do to earn the Lord's favor this week to help me, you know, I need an answer to my prayer. Well, don't work on it. Just like we're talking about the name of Jesus. Remember, Jesus will get it for you. Ask it. No, for being saved, it is a gift. If a person could earn it by good, doing, being good, then it wouldn't be free. But it is. It's given to those who do not work for it. Look at this phrase. For God declares sinners to be good in his sight if they have faith in Christ to save them from God's wrath. Wow. Sinners? Yeah. David spoke about this, said, man, how happy is the guy. This is Psalm 32. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity is what the King James says. But the Living Bible kind of straightens it. Happy is the guy. For an undeserved sinner that, who is declared not guilty. Now, I didn't say he was a perfect guy. He said he was not a perfect guy, and he's just been declared not guilty. Wow, that's good stuff. He says, blessed and to be envied. Anyway, whose sins are forgiven and put out of sight. Wow. Yeah, what joy there is for anyone whose sins are no longer counted against him. Now, the question is, is this blessing given only to those who have faith in Christ and keep the Jewish laws? Or is the blessing, those blessings he's talking about, given to those who don't keep the Jewish laws but only trust in Christ. Now, Abraham, when you read the story, there's nothing about heaven there. There's earthly 
things going on, blessings going on. So that's what he's, he's referring to here. Of course you're going to heaven. But watch this. Well, were those blessings given to those who don't keep the Jewish rules but only trust in Christ? Well, what about Abraham? Let's see what happened. He received these blessings through his faith. Was it by faith alone or was it because he kept the Jewish rules? For the answer to that question, answer this one. When did God give this blessing to Abraham? Now, remember, Abraham was not in heaven, so quit thinking that it's just going to heaven. There's more to it. I mean, come on. Are we going to go to heaven and know a stranger? I've always wondered about you, God. Wanted to get to know you. I mean, that's the way we treat him sometimes because we don't think he's going to, he won't help me with my wallet. He won't help me with whatever, you know. And uh, Rochelle told me some horse stories and whatever, you know, horses, riding horses. And you can't just divorce yourself from the things that you do in this life and just think, well, God doesn't know nothing about no horses. You know, yes, he does. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He'll help you out in everywhere. Okay, the answer to that question is, when did God give this blessing to Abraham? Yeah, when was it? It was before he became a Jew. He went through the Jewish initiation ceremony of circumcision. It wasn't until later on, after God had promised to bless him, ah, promised to bless him because of his faith that he was circumcised. The circumcision ceremony was a sign that Abraham already had faith, and God already accepted him, declared him just and good in his sight. Now, Richard, why are you mentioning all this? Because he's fixing to say, Shoo, by the way, all this is yours. Well, then when we look at something in a moment, in the Abraham book, Genesis, oh my goodness, you'll go, praise the Lord, that's mine. It, it is. So Abraham is, look at that, here it is. Abraham is the spiritual father of those who believed and are saved without obeying the Jewish laws. We see then that those who, who do not keep these rules are justified by God through faith. Abraham is also the spiritual father of those Jews who have been circumcised. They can see from his example, that this is not a ceremony that saves him. For Abraham found favor with God by faith alone before he was circumcised. Now watch this. It's clear then that God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not because Abraham obeyed the laws, but because he trusted God to keep his promise. Remember, God said, I'm going to give you this land. You need some land? <laughs> Trust me, God will give it to you. You want a house? Trust me, God, I'll get it to you. A car, a washing machine, whatever you have need of, whatever is distracting you this morning, he'll get it to you. Then you're saying that, those, uh, that God's promises to those who have faith are meaningless and uh, faith is foolish. Uh, in other words, if they're, if they're good enough. Let me back up. So you still claim that God's blessings go to those who are good enough. Now, this is good for all of us. I mean, come on. Even after you become a Christian... You're not going to earn any of this stuff. And a lot of times we can get in pride. We, get, we go, well, I'm better than that person because they are. I know the way they are. You're still not going to get your answers to prayer with that kind of attitude. It's not it. It's because of what Jesus has done for you. And what happens is even though you may not do that, you'll treat yourself that way. You'll go, well, I'm the lousy guy. God's not going to help me. I am, God, I am so coming up short. Don't worry about it. You and him will work it out. But get your blessing. A lot of times it's in the area of healing, whatever, something like that, or, or hurting. You're hurting, and you're th you, maybe you're getting a bad report. You're, you're, you're worried maybe you're, you've messed your kidneys up, and you can start blaming, well, I just don't eat good. Well, eating good's good. That's great. But don't go down that trail of condemning yourself. Well, I blew it. I spent 20 years eating wrong, so now I'm paying for it. Don't do that. Jesus recreate everything you need. He didn't tell anybody he healed that, you know what, your lousy nutrition stuff's what got you this way, and I, I can't help you anymore. You know? No, he won't do that to you. He'll fix you. Now, you alter your diet, and Patrick's an expert at it. He knows how to tell you how to eat, you know, praise the Lord. 
But the great thing about it is Patrick's close friends and folks that he deals with and stuff, he doesn't have to sit there and say, well, man, you're past it now. You're hopeless. No, he can flip the switch and say, I'm going to tell you about somebody who can help you. Praise the Lord. Get you out of death's door. All right, so God's promise, he says, uh, he's making fun that some people are saying faith is foolish. But the fact of the matter is this. When we try to gain God's blessing, look at this, and salvation by keeping his laws, we always end up under his anger. For we always fail to keep them. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you 24 hours. See if you can go without lying to somebody. Well, I didn't really lie. I just sort of, yeah, you didn't tell the truth, you know. That's one of the Ten Commandments. What else? Whole list of things there. It's easy to find out we're blowing some things. Okay, anyway. When we try to gain God's blessings by keeping his laws, we always end up under his anger. For we fail to keep him. Look at this. Now, I'm not lying. Look at that next phrase. The only way we can keep from breaking laws is not having to break. That's what happened with Jesus. Boy, that's awesome. Well, I wish that was true. <laughs> We're reading your Bible. I didn't make this up. So God's blessings are given by faith. It's a free gift. We, certain, uh, we are certain to get them. Look at that. We are certain to get them. Whether, we, uh, whether or not we follow Jewish customs, if we have, if we have faith like Abraham. For fa- Abraham is the father of us all when it comes to these matters of faith. What the scripture means when it says that God made Abraham the father of... No, that's what the scripture means when he's made us the father of many nations. Think about that. Oh, I remember reading that. Yeah, see, quit saying I'm not a Jew. God showed up to Abraham and said, I will make you a father of many nations. You're in there. You're in there. Noah's your daddy anyway. We all came from Noah. And who's Noah's daddy? Ten before him was what? Adam. All right. That's what the scripture means when God says, okay, God will accept people all in, wow, look at that. God will accept all people in every nation who trust God as Abraham did. That's where we're going to look at what Abraham did. And this promise is uh, from God himself, who makes the dead live again and speaks of future events, no, calls things that be not as though they were. Speaks of future events as though they're with as much certainty as, as though they were already past. Watch him wrap it up. So when God told Abraham he would give him a son, remember, he's 90. And then he didn't do it for 10 more years. He was 100. Man, we're getting a little old here, aren't we? Well, he was already old. Same years, same times we have today. Don't kid yourself. Well, they're really, it was really, Sarah was really about a 40-year-old. So No, she wasn't. She was 90. Still a knockout, but she was 90. And she laughed. Why'd she laugh? Oh, I forgot it is possible. She knew she was history concerning having kids. Huh. Anyway, here we go. Here's the details of it. Abraham believed God even though such a promise just couldn't come true. You felt like something you're dealing with? God just can't do this. He just can't. That's why we have it. Hang in there. Hang in there. Trust the Lord. It's impossible. Yeah, but we're dealing with, you know, this person, you know what I'm talking about, in and out of jail all the time. He's never, ever going to straighten up. A granddaughter that's going to, you know, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you roll your eyes and, and, and difficulties too and, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Or maybe this, or it doesn't matter. Watch this. It just couldn't come to pass. But his faith was strong. I believe in God. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about believing what he told you he would do. No, a promise. Don't just sit there and go, oh, is it going to happen? No, you, you ask for something. Hang in there. Don't, don't let go. Okay. He didn't worry about the fact, look, there it is. He didn't worry about the fact that he was too old to be a dad. At the age of what? A hundred. And that Sarah, 
the good looking one. Ninety. I was just thinking about a funny movie I've seen. Uh, uh, oh, oh, big fat, oh, Greek wedding. You know, the dad in there keeps telling the really the girl that's going to be just a love story. He keeps telling his young daughter, who's only 27, 28, he goes, you're so old. <laughs> it's really funny. I remember that. And so, look at that. Sarah, you're so old. She much too old to have a baby. Now, don't kid yourself. It's you can't do that to the book of Genesis. Genesis 1 says, the sun, the stars, and the moon, the sun, and the moon were for times and seasons and months and days. It was a real day. Otherwise, this wouldn't make no difference. Abraham, look at that. Never doubted. Now he's telling me this is you. Now you can doubt and get back on it. You know, Peter walked on the water, sank, and then he got back on the water. You know, he didn't drag him through the water. He got back on. He believed God for his faith and, uh, and trust grew ever stronger. And he praised God for this blessing even before it happened. Oh, going to heaven. No, having a kid. I'll never forget. I was working with a young lady who was in my office. I was the manager. And I didn't realize it, but you know, we talk about the things of the Lord all the time. I, mean, I can't help it. I'm going to mention something or whatever, but I'm working. Usually applying... The praise report, the, the Lord to the problems we're having at the office. I mean, you get your weapon system to not work, you're in trouble. You're not going to get any funding. Your weapon system has to work. And I hear from the managers, we had a bad test thing yesterday that blew up on the launch pad. Oh, gosh. You know, Lord, save this stuff in Jesus' name. Well, praise the Lord. I, 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 um, she had told me that, um, you know, like a lot of people, couldn't have kids. And I thought, well, that's going to change. I go, the Lord help you there. Anyway, now her kids are in college. She had two wonderful kids. And she blames the Lord for helping them. You know, it was the Lord that did it. There's no way it could have been the other way. So anyway, here we go. He never doubted. He believed God for his faith and trust grew strong. And he praised God for this blessing even before it happened. He was completely sure that God was well able. Well, oh, I do. I let the Lord. I always tell the Lord he's able. You've got to do better than that. Tell him he's able and he will. Okay. He's able to do anything he promised. And because God, because Abraham's faith for, and because of Abraham's faith, God forgave his sin, declared him not guilty. Now, Lord, how many times are you going to tell us that? We, we got that. No, we don't have that point. We forget it in a heartbeat. We immediately start condemning ourselves and thinking, it ain't going to happen, you know, and God probably is not going to let me have my own son and whatever. Mm-mm. Now, it's a wonderful statement that he was accepted and approved through his faith. Was it just for Abraham's benefit? That's the reason you have a Bible. It's not going to be some story that you can say, uh, uh, I'll ask the preacher because it was given to him. It was for us. It was for us too, assuring us that God will accept us in the same way, all the things we read over there, when we believe the promises of God who brought back Jesus our Lord from the dead, for he died for our sins and rose up. I mean, he didn't come out of the grave until we were perfectly okay with the Lord. You know, it only took three days. All right, have to go quick. I'm not going to go long here. Watch this, but I want you to see this little incident here in Genesis. Not about the child, but the child time to have a girlfriend. Wow, well, what happened? Uh, oops, we're in Isaac already. Uh, notice that before I pass it. Well, you old codger, you look at that. Sarah's already passed away. She died at 127. Abraham would be 137. He married again. Children. Man, I'll tell you what. Start thinking your life is over because you're getting older. Don't you don't worry about that, praise the Lord. That's what this blessing. God is sustaining him. <clears throat> now here we go. 
Abraham was now a very old man. Look at that phrase. And God blessed him. I love this. This helps me. keeps me out of unbelief in every way. Well, every way except, you know, my studies and stuff. You know, I'm not too good with math. Every way, every way, put that aside. He'll help you. He'll help you. One day, Abraham said to his household administrator, who was his oldest servant, swear by Jehovah. Even that's amazing. The God of heaven and earth, that you will not let my son marry one of these. Apparently, there was something wrong with these local girls. <laughs> this, this phrase comes up. This came up with Isaac's, uh, uh, when Isaac became a dad. And his wife, Rebecca, was like, which is what we're fixing to see here. She was like, I do not want uh, jo- not Joseph, Jacob marrying one of these local girls. I, I, uh, Esau did, and he, well, he, it was killing his mom and dad. So apparently, some of these women were a little rough. Okay. All right, but anyway, I don't want my son to marry one of these local girls, the Canaanites. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife from me. Now, this is like 200 miles away. Could be a little further. Watch the details. Don't fall asleep. We're going to go quickly. This goes quickly. I just want you to see the miracle. Watch this. But suppose I can't find a girl who will come so far from home, the servant asked. Then shall I take Isaac there to live? No, and he, no don't do that because God said I want you in the promised land. Boy, Abraham knew that. Abraham warned, no, be careful. You don't do that under any circumstance. For the God of heaven told me to leave that land and my people uh, and promised to give me and my children this land. Okay. he will look. Uh, now, when did Abraham become such a spiritual guy? This was not trying to be a spiritual guy. This is history. He'll send an angel is what Abraham said. Man, Abraham been seeing him. He'll send an angel ahead of you, and he'll see to it that you... <laughs> See to it? that Come on, we're talking girlfriend stuff here. God's not interested in that stuff. Man, the Bible is so full of girlfriend stuff, it's fantastic. Anyway, he'll see to it that you find a girl from there to be my wife's son. But he says, if you don't succeed, you're free from this oath. Now, he wasn't saying it ain't going to happen, but he was just telling him because his administrator was worried. Okay, so the servant vowed to Abraham's instructions, and he took with him. Now watch, get the details. Now think about this. This is you. Remember, everything you see about Abraham is you. You should have 10 camels at home ready to go loaded for something like this. Well, if I have 10 camels loaded, I'll be broke. Or like Bob was saying, I just got a bunch of trash or whatever. <laughs> no, Bob's got so many blessings in his life, he knows it. Praise the Lord. We are covered up with blessings. Loaded with samples of the, well, God don't want you to have nothing. Now notice, this guy has got to impress a woman, okay? And this gets him, you know. You say what you want to. It would impress me if I was just a guy. Whoa. You're interested in me? Well, yeah, you got holes in your shoes and Abra who, you know? And who you want me to marry? Not hardly. Okay. But look at this. Ten camels. Oh, there it is. He journeyed to Iraq, Nahor's village. He made the camels kneel beside outside the camp, town, uh, whatever, outside the town beside a spring. It was evening. The women of the village were coming to draw water. So they got a lot of women here. Now he's got it. He's, you know. But now watch what you do. You're in trouble. Oh, God. Uh, he said, oh, Jehovah, the God of my master. Now, how do you know all that? Ah, I don't talk about Jesus much. <laughs> but when you're using him and having him in your life, you can't help but do it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, oh, give me a second. I'll tell you something. So this guy knew that Abraham was like we see. Okay, he prayed, show kindness to my masters, Abraham, and help me accomplish the purpose of my, whatever here, my journey. Look what he did. See, I'm standing here beside the spring, and the girls of the village are coming out. Notice it wasn't a dry spot. There ain't no girls inside. Man, there were girls coming everywhere. Okay. 
This is my request. When I ask one of them for a drink, notice he, he didn't say, well, Lord, I, I'll make it fair. I know it's probably going to take me all day. I've got to interview all these girls. I love it when I have to go find something. I always go right to it. It's so amazing. You find that out, you know, you just go right to it. And I'm like, how did that happen? Hello? When I ask one of them for a drink and she says, yes, certainly, and I'll water your camels too, let her be the one I've appointed as Isaac's wife. That's how I'll know. Now, now picture this just a moment. He just prayed that, okay? He's praying that. You guys hit bad or whatever. Or he might be looking, okay, Lord, I just... While he was still praying. Look at the next verse. While he was still praying. Now, this is not a one-time incident. This is in your life too. As he was still speaking... This, oh, we can do about, we can do without beautiful, please, come on. The King James said the same thing, said she was very fair. That's the reason the Living Bible says, a beautiful, you can do without the beauty. Well, Sarah was a knockout. Okay. Name Rebecca arrived with a water jug on her shoulder and filled it at the spring. Her father was, this is what's so funny, he needed to go to this family. And he... Showed right up at this family. It shocked him. Watch this. Anyway, the son of Nahor, his wife Milka, which if you read hmm, about, hmm, let's say, oh, chapter 11, you would have found out those relatives. Running over to her, the servant asked her for a drink. Certainly, she said. Quickly lowered her jug for him to drink. Then she said, oh, and hey, by the way, I'll water your camels too. Golly, I know you've done it before and you're thinking this person's an angel. Okay, so she emptied the jug in the watering trough. And ran down to the spring, and of course she's watering these camels too. Okay. Boy, this servant guy, he couldn't believe it. Okay, the servant said no more, but watched her carefully. (laughs) He can't believe it. See if she'd finish the job. So he would know whether she was the one. Then last, the camels were finished drinking. He produced, we don't need that gold stuff. Man, when you pass out of here, you got streets of gold. We've already covered this. I mean, please, read your Bible and get over that. I was reading things on the news and stuff, and, and, uh, and I can't believe they keep pumping this stuff. Ten rich, filthy, rich preachers. I thought, I don't care. Just say it all you want. It doesn't matter to me. It's making you bring it up. Hallelujah. Because every picture of one of those ministers were great people that I know. And I'm glad. I don't care if they accuse me or not. It doesn't matter. I'm rich. Hallelujah. But I'm rich because of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll be glad to tell people where it's from. Let me, let me hurry. Excuse me. So anyway, he produced a quarter ounce gold earring. That's one thing. And then a five ounce gold bracelet for a wrist. Well, it was just sort of, it was gold plated. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was real stuff. Look at it. Whose daughter are you? Remember, he didn't say nothing. Uh, would your father have any room to uh, put us up for the night? Notice the us. There's 10 camels. He's not dragging along some raggedy old dogs or whatever. He's got people with him. Uh, my father's Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Milka and Nahor. Oh, good night. Yes, we have plenty of straw for, and fruit for the camel. The man stood there for a moment, bowed his head, worshiped Jehovah, saying, Thank you, Jesus. Lord God of my masters, thank you for being so kind and leading me straight to the family of my master's relatives. The girl ran home. Her brother saw the ring, the bracelets, and heard her story. He rushed out there and said, well, hey, I see you're doing pretty good. You know, I mean, he wanted to find out because of all this blessing. Well, listen, we're done here. I've got to stop. <clears throat> but notice what takes place here. Praise God. I don't care what you're, what, what you're faced with. Let me finish with just a note here in uh, uh, in Psalm 20. Right at the end. 
count my numbers. Here we go. Psalm 20. Look at this. I, look at the first verse. In your day of trouble. Notice, may the Lord be with you. May the God of Jacob keep you from... Oh, that'd be nice. It's yours. May he send you aid from the sanctuary. May he remember with, ple- with pleasure the gifts you've given him, your sacrifices, your offerings. You know, like what Melody was talking about, giving to the Lord. Look at that. May he grant you your heart's desire. Fulfill all your plans. Oh, you mean his plans? No, your plans. Praise the Lord. God's big enough to handle your plans. He will. May there be shouts of joy when they hear news of your victory. Flags flying with praise to God for all he's done for you. Well, we only get one thing. No, no, no. May he answer all your prayers. Lord, are you this good? Yeah. God saved the king. I know he does. Now, this is David. He's writing about himself. Selfish little rascal. Put that harp down. No, this is why it was so good. Praise the Lord. He hears me from his highest heaven and sends victory. Well, where's all the bad things? What what bad things? I wouldn't have faced Goliath if I thought there was bad things. Some nations boast of armies. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. That's what the King James says. But we boast in Jesus and the Lord. Those nations will collapse and perish, but we will rise and stand firm. Give victory to our King, O Lord. Oh God, hear our prayer. That's the end of that one. Father, we just thank you for your word today. What else can we say? Praise the Lord. You're on our side. Lord, if we're faced with hurting in our body somewhere today, we're not, we're not feeling well no matter what it is. Maybe vision's changing something. We're, just, we're like, I guess I'm just, it, uh, I'm stuck with this. No, we're not stuck with it. Praise the Lord, you'll help us. Maybe it's some financial problem. Praise the Lord, same thing's true. You'll take care of that. Maybe it's something we didn't even mention. It's just a problem. It's going to bug us all day long. But praise the Lord, we find out you're going to help us. And we just roll that burden over on you like Willowbrook had on their church. Cast your cares on the Lord. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to keep leaving a trail of what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, look at that. 29, 29 minutes and 52.